We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back with another episode of the Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. I'm Alan Zaslowski of Rotowire.com. This week's guest, also from Rotowire.com, Joe Bartle. Welcome to the podcast. And it's dynasty season, right? I mean, this is startup season. Rookie season starts earlier and earlier every year. So with more and more people coming into dynasty leagues, and the field is no longer, you know, the field is sharp. People, the, the average player is starting to catch on to basic dynasty strategy. So mm-hmm. what do you think? the edge is in these keeper dynasty leagues heading into the 2023 season. I think having a strategy. Uh, and I, and I know that sounds kind of odd to say, cause you would assume everyone does, but I'm, I'm talking about literally a, a strict game plan that you have to follow. Even if the board materializes in a startup league or uh, guys are placed on a trade block that you might not anticipate there's, there's room to pivot certainly, but are you going to be contending? Are you going to be tanking? Uh, accumulating those draft picks that we all care about in the dynasty format. I, I really think the structure is important right now with everyone more or less having a knowledge uh, baseline for the most part, what you do with the level of knowledge and the preparation that you have, I feel like is probably one of the bigger advantages, which is, is a small one, because again, you'd imagine your other nine members or 11 members or 13 members have the same thing going on. But if you are able to, re- uh, I think retain that discipline to follow your strategy. That feels like the biggest advantage right now with wherever we, where we are all at in the knowledge uh, aspect. You know, you just said something that I don't think anyone on this, on this dynasty podcast has said yet. There's so many rudderless ships once we get, cause everyone, okay, I want to get, they know who they want to take in the first round of super flex of regular dynasty draft. Mm-hmm. They get Everyone gets good players in the first two rounds in round three, you start looking at the board and you're like, uh Oh, <laughs> Wait a second here. I'm faced with uh, a, a guy who's 28 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a good player, or I'm, you know, an unproven younger player that has upside. And then you start getting into no man's land. So, w- what happens when you have? I mean, how do you like mentally pivot from a plan? Like, hey, I'm going to go all young. I'm going to take some upside guys. I'm going to pass on the Keenan Allen, Mike Evans types, uh, right. DeAndre Hopkins. And then you're sitting there facing that uh, those guys, and you're like, "Oh, I'm going to take them or unproven player, you know, wide receiver 18, you know, Jahan Dotson or Traylon Burks or one yeah. of those guys." So, how how do you square that in your mind? And I was thinking the um, 
Well, it, it's it, it to, to answer your question, I I go back to what I had said initially, where you have to have a plan. Normally, everyone's like, all right, we, we've mapped out where I think this is going to go. And there's always that person who thinks for some reason Trey Lance is going to fall in the third round and he doesn't. Uh, or, oh, man, I was surprised at this really clearly good athlete uh, and rookie running back. Oh, Kenneth Walker didn't make it to the third round. Like you, so that's that's bad strategy. So I should amend my first statement. If you have poor strategy, abandon it quickly. Because if you're assuming that Kenneth Walker is going to be available at that point, you, you've made a lot of mistakes. Um, I, I think that's the part of going in with a certain mindset that's important because one year on the clock, I think things happen differently uh, when you're drafted, whether it be in redraft or in dynasty. Uh, you know, we, we both do the, the beat Allen and Joe Bartle, you know, uh, respectively the online championships. There's, there's only a set amount of time that's happening in these picks. And when I'm doing my preparation before drafts, it's to remove the uncertainty that I might have. It's still going to happen. But I want to have as much preparation ahead of time, so that's almost muscle uh, muscle motion for when I'm making these picks and selections. I, I don't know if there is a point uh, that I could honestly say, say right now, when I'm not in the draft and I don't have a strategy set, that I would choose to pivot to the Keenan Allen's and Mike Evans of the world, or I'd continue to go ahead and draft younger receivers. I I think that's something I want to have ahead of time. I want to know my league mates for the best part. I still think that's a significant advantage too, uh, because let's just say you have uh, a Packers fan like me, right? I was in love with Alan Lazard last year. Maybe I'd be more willing to go ahead and acquire. I owe you money. Uh, I owe you money because of Alan Lazard. Uh, I, so I feel like we all lost because I was certain Alan Lazard was going to do fantastic, and he didn't. Uh, and I was saying he's the same guy as Drake London and Christian Kirk. Uh, no, I was awfully right. well, correct. Just to just to give context to that bet, we had a redraft bet. Ready for this yeah. one? This is a mega bet. Who would have more fantasy points regardless of games played? Russell Gage or Alan Lazard? You crushed me, uh, so I have to pay your entry fee into the Vegas League next year. But, you know, for another time. You were rolling. I interrupted. Yeah, uh, I, well, I, I, I don't even feel like it's a win. I, you know, I was thinking about that today. As I, was, <laughs> I knew we were going to talk about it. And I was like, nah, you know, I, I really thought Alan Lazard was going to be great, and he was not. But that's that's the – like, I if you knew me and you knew I was in on Lazard, maybe that's uh, an important part. Yeah. And Can with we- the veterans specifically, I want them to be liquid. Um, mm. from a dynasty perspective. And, and that means I could be able to move them however I want for draft pick, second round pick, third round pick, first rounder, if you can really uh, make a swing. Okay. But you have to know which assets can be liquidated, right? I mean, that's the other part of this too, is that uh, maybe people just don't want 30-year-old Derrick Henry. I know he's not that quite old, but- 29, 29. Right. Oh, yeah. good. I'm, I'm, I was going off memory. And that's, yeah. that's good enough. But like, that's, that is my bigger concern. I bet you- uh, more recently, it would have been Mark Ingram back in the Saints days towards the tail end of his career. Mark Ingram was productive. I mean, he had the, the double-digit touchdowns at the Ravens a little bit later on. But would you really be able to move him? Was he really liquid in that sense? If he isn't, then I don't want to touch that asset because at the end of the day, it is an asset management game when we're playing Dynasty. So that's an important context. And I think knowing your league mates, and that's why it's always good, even if you're not actually doing a trade, to have trade conversations to understand what that value might be around the league. Uh, it's it's far better than doing an ask an expert uh, question on Rotowire, which we get plenty. I answer them all the time. Certainly feel free to do that. I my job appreciates that. Uh, but it's it's easier if you are assessing the value with your league mates as opposed to an expert at Rotowire or whatever fancy platform you enjoy. So today we're going to talk about buy low wide receivers, and you hear that term thrown around a lot in yeah. dynasty fantasy football. But and we're going to give it context, and really what it means are there's one of two things, and, and it's either Players that basically are depressed because of injury or uh, performance issues uh, from the previous year that you still believe uh, that will 
increase in value over the next six and 18 months. And the reason I say 18 months, it means the season and next off season or players that are already doing well that you think will be worth double what they're worth, you know, uh, in why uh, week four of the season. But before that, I just wanted to also uh, underline a point you talked about, a player liquidity. I think that's, uh, there, there's two sides of it. So yes, we all want players that we can cash in and cash out of trade for picks. But if you're in a win now mode and I, and I, yes, that what you said is the optimal situation. I have a, a 26 year old wide receiver, um, not performing well. Someone else believes in him. I trade him for a younger player, but sometimes it's like, what do you care about the price of your house? If you're going to live in it for the rest of your life. So if you have Deandre Hopkins, right. And, Let's assume you're not total rebuild, right? Let's assume that you're you're a, a fringe playoff team. Maybe you're the five seed, and and you're comfortable being there. You think you can make a few moves because you hear a lot of dynasty advice where people say, "Oh, if you're in the middle, just tank." Right? I, I don't always agree with that. I think that sometimes it's okay to have these guys that are illiquid but are still high producers. Now they have to be high producers in order to be illiquid. So you have to have one or the other. So I agree with what you said. Only it, but if they're high producers and old and have a little less liquidity, meaning like the trade value is lower than the actual value. I am, I know I'm alone on an Island, but I tend to um, buy those players at the discounted prices. Cause Hopkins is going to be that guy this year, right? He's going to be the highly productive top 12 fantasy wide receiver that you can't, there's no way you're getting a first round pick for him in dynasty. Okay. Um, so Hopkins is good. Uh, I don't want to put you in the spot per se, so I'll, I'll give you a bit of a leadway, but I want you to, to give me some other names to put this into context. I, I don't think Hopkins has to be a first round pick for him to be liquid. And I think that's the important context. Like if, if he is still producing it the way Hopkins does in his career, a second round pick might be more valuable to what your structure is and what the game plan is for your team. And I'm not saying you have to tank if you're in the middle. I, I agree with you. I think there's, uh, too often in fantasy, we just do black and white. Uh, and it's it's so easy. It's easier to recommend uh, going to the tank route because uh, it's more fun that way. You're looking forward to the, the rookie players. There's fun. less work that you have to do because you're out of it anyway. So who really cares? You're kind of doing the asset management thing on the side. I, I, I think like a Hopkins player, and again, you can give me another name so I can maybe put this more into context is fine if he's still liquid as a second-round pick. Maybe you will have more value out of him, but there's a certain point where I still want to know what his value is across the league, and if it makes more sense for a second-round pick, I will trade a little bit lower because that's helping my structure and plan moving forward. Yeah, the other guys that fall into that older, productive player bucket are going to be like Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, uh, uh, Tyler Lockett, highly productive player, wide receiver nine this year, Joe Bartle, and you know, you're not going to get a first round pick for him. Now, the reason I say is because think about this, like when we, and you're a logical, sober drafter. That's why you're good at fantasy football. Um, you know, you take your shots on your guys, but you also have like, you're grounded in reality. Like, think about this. If I gave you in this draft class, five shots at, at anyone in the second round of rookie drafts, who's projected to be there or right. Tyler Lockett, who's going to have more fantasy points over the next two years. I will gladly take Tyler Lockett. And you, you understand what I'm saying. It's like I do, Hopkins, and I actually right. disagree. But but like, but if you said right. one do it one shot over the next two years or Tyler Lockett, that's different, right? Because that, that like if you are able to get two or three picks for Tyler, Lockett, even if they're not for let's say round, it's two seconds, two seconds. Yeah, that's I actually like, so Lockett is the toughest one in that group because I I really don't care for him, and I think the Seahawks offense is going put to your guy in there a bit more. But no, you had mentioned Keenan Allen, Mike Evans. Those guys, I wouldn't want to trade. So I think that is right. a bit of a difference. Um, 
I, I would still be checking in with my league mates to see what those guys value are because it fits my schedule, my time frame. Maybe I like uh, it. Maybe I want to have three picks in the top 20. I don't need to have uh, two picks in the top six, right? That's what we're all envying for from a dynasty perspective. Uh, there's different classes. And I think as we really gear up for the combine and we get close to the draft part of it, we'll have more, like, I think you'll be able to build a better plan moving forward, but there's some of these buy low receivers we're going to talk about where, it's now. It's it's now time to capitalize on them so that we can take a bit of that value that somebody else might have later on and capitalize on our own game. So I think that's really kind of an important clarification too. Yeah. So, but this is what makes the dynasty world go around. You would rather be liquid with those second round picks. Uh, a, a donkey like me wants those those old vets. Uh, you know, hold on to them. And you know, and there's. You always say, like, are you in? Um, there was a great survey that was put out a couple years ago, and I, I, rec- I mention this all the time on the podcast is that what's your favorite part about dynasty fantasy football? And I think I participated though, in that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and only 30 like seven percent said winning, even though it was right. the top one, it was like 28 percent trading, uh, another mm-hmm. 20 plus percent was rookie draft, another one was rebuilding. So it's like at any given time, only like three or four teams are trying to win. Everyone else is like doing something else that that is suboptimal to the team. And, you know, we, that's definitely a leak in Dynasty players games. But I'm here with Joe Bartle from rotowire.com, and we are talking about buy low wide receivers. And we're going to define buy low as any player that we believe is going to increase in value over the summer, during the season, or even into the next offseason. So we might talk about some guys that are wide receiver 50 range, and we're going to talk about some players that could be in your top 25 because we think that this wide receiver 25 might be wide receiver 10 next year. So what seems like an overpay today, Joe, may not be an overpay tomorrow. So the yeah, first, that's really key. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And so you have Jamison Williams on your list. I do. Um, and and I guess I'll, I'll defer to you. You did a ton of rookie drafts last year, not just like uh, startup rookies, but like actual just – Here's the rookies. Mm-hmm. Where did you typically see Jamison Williams go uh, among those rookies from last year? Uh, third, fourth. Right. I mean, sometimes if somebody, you know, as it got closer and, it, and the reality that he wasn't playing this year, he would drip into like pick eight or nine. But he was, you know, I mean, he's literally the only wide receiver that hasn't hit in this class. And it's only yes. because he hasn't played. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I, I would see him. I think I did, boy, uh, for rookie drafts and that's not counting some of the Debbie league stuff that I do with auto new, which I still love that format quite a bit, but I, I had a good idea of how I want to rank the rookies. And a lot of people um, were going to have Kenneth Walker near the top. A lot of people have Brees Hall number one overall. I mean, that was kind of like the, the consensus, not in the same way that B. John Robinson is now today, but Brees Hall was the, the consensus one. And then you kind of had your pick of the receivers, your boy, Garrett Wilson, I like Drake London. There's uh, Jamison Williams in that same uh, category, too. Uh, you talked to Mario Puig, who I'm sure you're going to have on a little bit later. Chris Alave was in the, the group. And all of those guys ended up being pretty darn good. I think Drake London was like the down year, and that's only because he didn't have touchdowns because the Falcons are dumb. So I, I, I think there's a point. Like I did this exercise both with Jake Letarski at the end of our uh, like weekly wave wire pickup podcast and then again on serious xm with mario puig uh, a couple weeks ago re like redraft these rookies jameson williams pretty clearly falls to six seven eight or nine and like you mentioned it literally has nothing to do with his talent in fact i think jameson williams if you liked him then you should like him now but i think there becomes a point especially in dynasty where you're looking at all these guys alave garrett wilson wins rookie of the year drake london almost over a thousand receiving yards 
and you get a bit envious, like, oh, man, I made the wrong choice. Even when we knew we had this information with Jamison Williams, I will gladly check in with whatever manager has Jamison Williams and just see if he feels a little bit bad. Maybe you want to give up a first-round pick this year for him. I look at the class this year, at least at receiver, there's a lot more question marks that I have from a talent perspective. Would and you, that's not even – would yeah, you give up? Would you give? Say you have like pick four or five, and you're on the clock, and um, and Jigba's there. Would you give up in Jigba for Williams? So- yes, yes, hundred hundred percent. And I, I, I actually like uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the Ohio State receiver who fell off this past year, but put together just insane numbers his sophomore season when he was with Alave and Garrett Wilson. Uh, that at that point, Marvin Harrison was only Marvin Harrison's son, not the upcoming greatest receiver of all time. If you talk to some people. Uh, when he is going to be draft eligible next year. So, no, I, I would gladly trade Jamison Williams uh, for Jackson Smith. No, I'm saying which you'd rather have the Jackson. I would rather J- have Jamison Williams. One, oh, good. Okay. You will get that. Hands down. You will get that trade done in Dynasty. And I, and I love – see, this is the actionable advice that we're talking about here. We're not just saying, hey, buy low, sell high. I mean, it's like, you know, talking to my uh, you know, my shady stockbroker, you know. Like, <laughs> I, I think that you're actually giving a piece of advice. So, you you watched um, uh, in Jigba. And, you know, Williams, I think there was even talk last year that he could have been the wide receiver one in this right. class had he been healthy. So, and, you know, with I, DJ- and, I, and I, I don't want to pause because I'm, I think that's too high of praise. Like I really liked Drake London. I, when I'm looking for receivers, it's the bigger body types because it's projectable. And he, he, his, his mass, his mass alone, Drake London should be more successful. Chris Olave is fast enough to be successful, but he's also bigger. And, and Jamison Williams was big enough as well too. But there's a little bit of concern that I have that it's it's dependent on the routes being effective, the scheme working with the quarterback, throwing it to him to get there. And we all know with Jared Goff, there's some limitations from a deep ball perspective. I actually think there's uh, – Goff looked better as a deep ball pass than I anticipated. And I know you had a lot of Jared Goff early, and we're willing to sell him. I'm thinking back to our uh, two-flex uh, – our, our 2QB Super. league in Vegas, right? You're trying to move off of Jared Goff as fast as you could because he was the number one, two, three, four fantasy quarterback for the first – quarter of the season I don't know if Jared Goff is going to be the starting quarterback for the Lions in the near future I would be actually a little bit surprised if they didn't use this extra draft capital to address what the future at the quarterback spot is going to be but I actually think that will make Jamison Williams more expensive as the time comes so now is the opportunity to pounce on Jamison Williams and DJ Shark I think is going to go to a different team this offseason which will open up even more opportunities it's a guaranteed starting role we saw when Williams was a little bit more healthy towards the end of the season, what he could do. I like him. I like him a lot. I would gladly trade number four or five pick. for him. Yeah. So like you said, you may not even have to do that, but I like that, uh, you know, Goff is probably at least the better than 50% chance to be the QB this year. And I like Goff when he has a, a solid offensive line, which, you know, he had enough protection mm-hmm. to get the ball to Jamison Williams. And also it's like, you know, we, I talked about, um, I may have even been with you. I, I've, I've talked about it a bunch of times where you're right. They could use those two picks to, if they, if Baltimore can't get the Lamar Jackson deal worked out, maybe there's a situation where Detroit gets Lamar Jackson and they give up the two first round picks plus whatever else it takes. So, mm-hmm. and then you won't be able to even get Jameson Williams on your team. So good pick right there. I also like that. Yeah. Outline that DJ shark, who was their deep ball guy uh, is a free agent. I mean, you know, who knows? He could resign there. He might not. A lot of teams are going to be after him. Uh, the first, the first player that um, I, I like Jerry Judy as a buy low, hmm. and there's a perception that, uh, it, and it's probably less of a buy low now that Sean Payton is the coach. Right. I think there's some more Denver optimism. Uh, I had been, 
it opened my eye. I was a favorite fantasy football strategy of mine, Joe, is to look at what players did the last two months, six weeks, even four weeks of the season and see if that is translatable to the next season. And Jerry Judy from weeks 14 through 18, which are the money weeks in fantasy football, was not a wide receiver one. He was the wide receiver one overall. Now, that was buoyed by a three-touchdown performance that he had in one of those early weeks, but he had a three-touchdown performance in one of those weeks. Those count, right? Even if you right. just so, – so I'm not saying he's a top you know, five wide receiver, obviously, but at his current ADP – in as like wide receiver 27 26 like i think he is probably going to increase in value to around wide receiver 16 and you could see him having like wide receiver 11 value in ppr leagues and now that there's optimism around russ i still think that if you have a um if, if you have uh, you want to offer off two of your veterans that people like um and somebody has jerry judy i mean there's worth making offers out there i'm going to put out a dynasty trade chart that that makes suggestions but i just think that judy will increase in value over the next six months one year and certainly 18 months so he, he's definitely a buy low for me uh, i like on your list that you have elijah moore because he was last year's uh fantasy darling and yeah no nobody wants him right now Right. Yeah. Well, I, real quick with Jerry Judy, I oh, sorry, he's only twenty three. You know, like that. Yeah. Uh, he's only twenty three years old. If you recall, two years ago, when we're all ranking the upcoming rookie receivers, it was is CD Lamb or Jerry Judy number one. It was. It wasn't any debate. It was one of those two. I loved Judy. I still love his route running aspect. Obviously, Justin Jefferson was in that class, and now he's in the class of his own. But it, it's it's funny what we do in just two years. When I guess three years, more or less, Judy is not. Uh, he has not underperformed to the level where he just stinks. I think a lot of the circumstances have made things right, but or made things wrong for him. But you are right, Sean Payton coming there. I think adds a little bit more value to him. I love Jerry Judy. I think that's a really good selection. But to to your point with Elijah Moore, um, or I guess mine, I am anticipating a better quarterback situation in New York. I don't know if it's Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if it's Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know if it's Derek Carr. I don't know if it's Matt Ryan. Literally anything would be better than what we have been currently doing with Zach Wilson. Uh, and Mike White. And I kind of like Mike White. I think he might be something at least uh, in the same vein as Brock Purdy. And I know uh, everyone who's eager for the next Tom Brady is very upset that I just uh, made those two comparisons. But Mike White is closer than Brock Purdy than Brock Purdy is to anything else. So sorry if that breaks you guys' heart. Uh, <laughs> it's the truth. I Like, I mean, we haven't really given Elijah Moore a fair shot. Garrett Wilson is now the new shiny toy. Uh, obviously, rookie of the year, and rightfully so. I think he was uh, within that conversation. I want to see what happens when there's actually a good quarterback and actually a good system in place to make these receivers work. I don't anticipate Corey Davis is going to be there this season. I think they cut Corey Davis to some extent, or maybe they find a trade partner. So then if it is just Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, by default, Elijah Moore is going to get more work, even if it is with Zach Wilson or Mike White, or whatever is a quarterback. It won't be Zach Again, Wilson. I, I think they're going to improve <laughs> that position. Um, there's been way too much talk either from the owners and the coaches that something is coming and it's Hey Joe, it's gotta be Jimmy Garoppolo, right? With the Robert Sala connection. Right. They don't have, they, he's a free agent. Basically his Garoppolo's contract allows him. I mean, that just seems like so obvious. I still thought Aaron, Rod Aaron Rodgers was obvious. It, and then we have the Devonte Adams stuff and now Vegas is yeah. completely switched. I think it's far closer to 50, 50 Rodgers to the jets than it is the Raiders. Like I think it, it can go either way. Question for you here. Um, Elijah Moore, or Jahan Dotson and dynasty. Jahan Dotson still. Okay, um, so he's was, ranked higher. He is ranked higher. I was higher. really impressed with Jahan Dotson, um, and I was super low on him. I thought uh, we were overvaluing what he did at Penn State and that 
even though he was a bigger little receiver, he was a little bit of a little receiver still. And he's going to the Commanders, which is about the most dysfunctional franchise in professional sports, but certainly in the NFL. And all he did when he was healthy was produce and score touchdowns. And to see the Commanders used in that way, how many times did he get, get touchdowns in the back of the end zone? I mean, that's like reserved for the Travis Kelseys and the Dallas Goddard. He, like he did it guy. in college, right? I mean, he did yes. do it. In, yeah, I yeah. mean, that's, that's why it translated and why everyone was hiring him. And I didn't think it would. I was wrong there. I would take Jahan Dotson uh, over Elijah Moore. Yeah. Okay. So Elijah Moore is a good buy low. And I think that's like a, like the classic buy low because you can pay less than what he's was worth a year ago and will be worth in six months from now. I mean, there's going to be without them playing an NFL snap, you are right that Elijah Moore, as soon as the quarterback signs, Elijah Moore goes up in value. So if you are in a dynasty, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off here, but that's literally the perfect part of what I was talking about with the structure and plan at the beginning of this is that, you could trade for Elijah Moore today, February 13th, day before Valentine's Day. Surprise that with your girlfriend. Hey, I got Elijah Moore. She'd be really pissed. At you. <laughs> and then six months later, before the season starts, trade him for either equally liquid asset or maybe even better because we assume the quarterback situation is going to improve. I guarantee you whoever has Elijah Moore will be happy to move off them and think he gets a win if you give him that win. And in six months, that win will be your windfall. Like, I, I think it, you could literally do it before he even plays a game and improve upon that asset. And that's what I want when I'm trying to do Dynasty. Take every asset I have and see if I can incrementally improve it and see what happens with that. I, I think Elijah Moore is a, like a case uh, example of that kind of strategy. I'll give you an impossible either or Rashad Bateman coming off the, uh, you know, the injury. <laughs> I mean, if, and then, by the way, if it's an either or, if you don't have an opinion, like, because I don't. So if someone's going to give me like one of those players plus a second round pick, I'm taking the pick. So do you have a lean on on Bateman who who's been first round pick? He's going to do it this yeah. year. Oh wait, now it's twice in a row, right? So him or Elijah Moore if you ha- if you're on the clock and you're taking one of those guys. So I should be clear, I have uh, a whole lot of rookie cards uh, for Rashad Bateman. <laughs> I financially invested in Rashad Bateman in that sense. I think he's really good. I'm not positive it's my Big Ten bias or not, but uh, I actually I, I thought he was. Uh, like when, when Tyler Johnson and Bateman were both at Minnesota, it was like, oh, man, these are two really good receivers. And it turned out that it was Tyler Johnson that just wasn't all that good. But Bateman was making him, I think, a lot better than he is. I love Rashad Bateman a lot. I would take Bateman. I'd be happy to get the pick if that was the case. Uh, and I really believe even if the uh, the Ravens were to trade Lamar Jackson, which I don't I don't know if they're going to today, like I would say no is the case. Uh, Bateman is like a wide receiver one for a fantasy team uh, in the sense that you're going to get production much like you're talking about with Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Evans, and stuff like that. Maybe not quite to that level. I, I have I have a, like a supreme amount of faith in Bateman turning it around when he has those opportunities to go south. What, uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, what if Lamar leaves? But that's all speculation. You know what? I was going to uh, also just bring people behind the curtain here for a second. You know how um, I want to acknowledge a, a good podcasting skill that you have that I, I've noticed oh, in this podcast, okay. right? So what uh, a, a piece of feedback that I see in a lot of YouTube videos are when podcasters are talking about a player for an extensive amount of time, they start saying he and them and someone just tuning into the podcast doesn't know the player. What Joe, what you do, Joe Bartle is you, you repeat the player's name, which is fantastic. So it's hard. That's a, a skill of experience skill. So for those of you, you know, if you love what Joe Bartle's doing, he keeps repeating the player's name. I do that too. I think that's uh, uh, taking your broadcasting podcasting to the next level. So kudos to you. And before we continue with our, buy low wide receivers 
just want to let everybody know that this podcast, all the Rotowire fantasy football podcasts, are sponsored by Underdog. Now, Joe, they sent me a commercial read, and I don't want to sit here and read a piece of paper to you. I just want to because Joe and I both play on Underdog. Yes. If you haven't, if you love best ball, if you love drafting in the offseason, just go to Underdog. I'm telling you, it's the best place to play fantasy football in the offseason. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, best ball is you draft and then you leave it, right? It automatically inserts mm-hmm. your best players in the draft. Underdog's open right now. You could do a $3 draft. You could do their big board draft, which has huge prizes, a million bucks uh, for 10 bucks. And also, if you use code RWNFL, Rotowire NFL, RWNFL, they will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100, they'll match 100. If you put in 10, they'll match 10 on the first deposit. So there's a link in the video description below in the podcast. Just click on it and you'll automatically get doubled up on your deposit. That's Underdog Fantasy. I was one of their first thousand customers, Joe. I've been playing underdog. This is the cool. Yeah. Yeah. Best place to play uh, fantasy football. And again, I know they gave me a commercial read, but I'm this, this is passion right here. I know. And we're going to do some live uh, streaming of drafts. Mm -hmm. Uh, You and I, I I just decided we're going to do that because it'll be interesting (laughs) to play against some of the listeners and dominate. Well, Uh, we'll have to get the uh, mute button out for all the swear words that I have. And and to your (laughs) point, again, to add to our our live read here that underdog uh, didn't give us, but this is dynasty podcast. They have the rookies in in the underdog. I don't know if it's quite yet or if no, or no, it's there. there. It's they're up. right there. There, yeah. it's a really good way to learn what the general public is valuing. Obviously, the Bijan Robinsons in the world, we get it. He's the number one overall guy this year. We were talking uh, on Twitter when you had posted like the the rookie redraft rankings, and I was saying uh, that Gibbs, the running back, Jameer Gibbs for Alabama, went, went a little bit lower. Like you can literally see that an underdog with how people are drafting. It's a redraft format. But the names are going to be the same, and the value in those contexts can easily be sussed out with doing a bunch of these underdog best balls. So my two cents to that matter as well. No, that's actually a really good two cents because sometimes we forget that a lot of – even in Dynasty, a lot of the rookies' value comes in the first year of – I mean, you know, because their value can tank if they don't do well in their first year, right? I mean, that's just – or it can increase Tyler Algier, Damian Pierce, you know, those guys – if we, you know, they're going to be fifth, sixth round picks in redraft or in, uh, in dynasty startup drafts. So, all right, we're talking about buy low wide receivers for dynasty fantasy football. And the, uh, buy, when we talk about buy low, we're talking about players that will increase in value in the next, in the off season, uh, possibly in, uh, you know, the, during the season and somebody who, now this is a superstar. I'm talking about Cooper cup. Now Cooper cup mm-hmm. is a superstar. You, ha- you weren't able to get him for anything less than two firsts there is, you can trade Cooper cup now for like for Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? You, somebody, oh, some, okay. I'm not saying you will do it, but somebody will do right. that trade. If you're on the clock and JSN is the, the wide receiver one in this class and you're sitting there, pick four, pick five in a super flex draft and you're ready to take wide receiver. And that's the Cooper cup uh, manager. You can get him And, I don't it, even it, this could backfire because if he's the next whoever, fine. But it is the time to think about how to get Cooper Cup. His value has never been lower because of the injury, because of the uncertainty around Matt Stafford. And if you look at the redraft consensus early best ball, Joe, he's still a first round pick. Oh, yeah. I think top five or six overall. Where is if you were to do a rookie startup draft? Like, I'm sorry, like just a, a dynasty, dynasty startup. startup. Where, do, where does Cooper Cup go? I mean, again, the you have end, a lot more experience. The end of the second round, early third round, and sometimes late third in a super flex. And I mean, in, no, those dra- in those, you can also draft JSN again, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, the receiver from Ohio State in those in those drafts as well, too. So he's going he's going earlier, I assume, than Cooper Cup. 
Yeah, well, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to actually pull up uh, just I did a, a dynasty draft the other day, which, by the way, I did it with the fantasy football geek. It's posted right now on my Twitter at Alan Sislowski and on the Rotowire YouTube page. We did a full uh, dynasty startup draft, which you can watch live or I just posted. Let's see. Cooper Cup, because I may have it wrong. Let's see. Cooper Cup went. Oh, no, I got this right, baby. Cooper Cup in a super flex draft went. 3.5 Joe Bartle <laughs> you have too many reps like I, I like there's nobody in the world I trust more to identify the ADP on a startup uh, rookie uh, startup <laughs> dynasty draft than you like you've done 75 million uh, over the last year and a half like that it's just it's going to be second nature that's instead of you're counting sheep you're just counting uh, where yeah. Cooper Cup is uh, his value yeah, but, so there you go but there it is like right. so in a startup draft he's going to go before JSN but this is the the psychology of dynasty players. In a startup, Cooper Cup goes first, but in a rookie draft, when you're on the clock and JSN has runs a sick combine score and he's been lighting up the combine, right. you're going to be able to get you know make that that uh, the trade. So that's what's great. Hey, key, um, give me the uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to turn off my air conditions blowing right on my neck. I'm like an old <laughs> guy. I'm like an old guy. Turn off the air condition. Uh, anything else on Cooper Cup? I mean, you. I'm assuming this is your type of trade, right? Oh, I love that, especially able to get him for 1.4, whatever it is. Um, it, it, it goes into what we'll find Holy out more. Shit. The, the air conditions kill him. Keep, keep, uh, keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> okay, it goes over what we'll find in the next month and a half, where I, I think this rookie receiver class in particular is a little bit lighter than we've seen. And we've been so blessed, whether it be that Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy draft, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jamison Williams this past year. There's more and more really solid, great rookie receivers than there ever has been. And each year it feels like there's four or five more. I, I don't know if that's the case, at least at the very uh, very least, there isn't as clear cut of a number one. You keep mentioning Jackson Smith and Jigba, totally fine. I prefer Quinton Johnston, the guy from TCU. Whoever Again, your I wide lean, receiver one. I lean towards the bigger body dudes, but there's a possibility and, and not quite out of the realm. We've talked about this on the Sirius XM Friday show where if Quentin Johnston runs like a four, uh, even like a low four or five, he's, he's kind of like uh, we uncharted territory in terms of what we've seen for NFL receivers. So that's, that's my preference of NFL one, but I'm sorry, receiver one, either way, this class is a little bit less, uh, I really think. And then Keishon Booty situation has kind of made it a little bit harder to, to decipher where I think um, these guys are going to go. All that to say, I'm more than happy more than happy trading a mid first round pick for a guy like Cooper cup, a guy like Jamison Williams. And especially if I can get some light later firsts or early seconds to really, I think gobble up what's going to be a deep running back market. That's my preference in all this. So when I, yeah. when we're talking about different trades and whatever else, that's, that's how I'm operating. Again, I have a structure. I'm not even in that many dynasty and keeper leagues like you are. I have a structure and plan as to how I want to operate. And I was already planning this out uh, a couple of years in advance now at this point. It's been nice to kind of see it happen in uh, fruition. You know, it's played out the way I thought it would, although we'll have to see. Everything changes uh, when we're on our underwear uh, come to combine. So it, will, it might be a little bit different uh, in a couple of months. All right. Uh, you have Cortland Sutton as a buy low. Yeah, it's the same way as Jerry Judy. Uh, and I thought Jerry Judy will be a little bit more expensive, and that probably seems to be the case given their ages. I think Cortland Sutton's going to be entering his age 27 He's 20 season. No, no, he's 27.3 okay. right now. That means next year he'll be uh, – Entering the, his age 28, right? Yes. Okay. So same same thing. And this was um, with the context of Sean Payton adding a bit more value. We always do this in the fantasy community, you and I, Alan, as experts. Oh, who is going to be the next X player for this next X coach? And I think uh, classic point oh, is going to be Michael Thomas, right, right with one. Sean Payton. So 
we did this two years ago with Joe Lombardi joining uh, the Chargers. Oh, and Mike Williams is the next uh, Michael Thomas. At what point can we stop associating players with the coaches? Like, we, you shouldn't be able to do two or three or four. So I, I get a little bit annoyed when you said, even though I was literally doing the same thing with Mike Williams, because that's how Joe Lombardi was using Mike Williams. I really want to know what the difference is with Sean Payton's offense and Joe Lombardi. Is the is Javante Williams and the running backs going to get as many catches as Elvin Kamara, or is Kamara just that special? Yes. Is, is uh, there going to be a Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy that operate the same way as Michael Thomas or like uh, Henderson, that speed receiver, which could be that Jerry Judy role? I think if you are to do this correctly and you are Sean Payton and you have a lot to lose by joining the Broncos, obviously you have a lot of money, but you are, you are in this air of all, one of the best coaches right now currently and maybe all time if you do things right. I think you want to play to Russell Wilson's strengths, and Russell Wilson is not Drew Brees. He, he's he's not throwing these short passes, these slant plays. I think there's going to be more deep ball opportunities for Cortland Sutton. There's going to be more things schemed better because I think you have to scheme better than Nathaniel Hackett against Sorry, It's a Jets fan. I know you're going to be dealing with that in the coming months. Uh, but I think Sean Payton, by default, has to scheme things better. And while Jerry Judy is totally fine, I think you can get Cortland Sutton for even less than Jerry. Oh, Judy wait, dude, and, wait, and still have the like, production. Yeah, nobody wants Cortland Sutton. So if you believe that there's bounce back opportunity there, then see, like I don't, I, I'm not in that camp, but I'm always open to being wrong. You know, I mean, he was, it was only a couple of years ago that he had a thousand yard season was like, wide receiver, you know, so I, I can understand and talk about like a classic. This is a classic by low was a player that everyone was pushing each other out of the way to go get last year. And now he's like in the corner. I forgot your name. Right. And, right. and he's, the, he's that age, the little player card when you click on him is going to say age 28 next season. So that is kryptonite for the dynasty bros. So, you know, again, I'm, it's not someone who I thought of to even, but you can, this is a player you can literally just trade any second round pick for. Like somebody's going to do it. Somebody, and the I mean, difference between Mike Evans and Keenan Allen, like those guys have produced and produced for a long time. Cortland Sutton, not so much. And that's where I get the little bit cheaper value where I think he's a very easy plug and play wide receiver two or three, whatever your situation might be. Because again, while we can't do the Elijah Moore thing per se, where we trade for Elijah Moore today and then by the start of training camp get more for him, I bet you by week four or five when the Broncos offense literally has to look better than what we've seen, unless you really believe Russell Wilson has fallen off. And, and that I mean, that's kind of the argument here is that if Russell Wilson really is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, and he was for large stretches last year, fine. But then there isn't going to be value for Quentin Sutton and Jerry Judy. But I just don't believe that's the case because after Nathaniel Hackett left, Russell Wilson looked okay. He, he yeah. looked average, and he won't be dealing with thumb and hand and whatever injuries he had uh, last year, theoretically. So, no, I, I think Cortland Sutton is is like the, the perfect example of the tier below Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. Oh, yeah. That I, I mean, gladly dive into dude, for my depth receivers. In startups, he's going wide receiver 48, wide receiver 50. <laughs> I mean, you could just pick the round that you want him in. So, if you believe right. in him, uh, yeah. Um, so, here's a so I think what we're going to do now is I'm going to just for this next pick, I'm going to add one of the, you know, people like these like spicy, like mm. this is going to be my spicy guy. But what I want everyone to do, if you're watching the video, we're just going to be take a you know, put a pause right here. If you're on the uh, audio podcast, just stick with us through this commercial break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And we're back. The Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Alan Zaslowski of rotowire.com. Looking at Joe Bartle, what a handsome guy, right? I mean, if you want to see the video, I put the video in the audio description link below. And, you know, tell comment, who's who's more handsome, Joe or me? I think that's a, actually I'm setting myself up for disaster here, Joe. I, I can't <laughs> well, I compare. Think, I don't know. That's OK. I, I don't have uh, nearly as clean bald head as yours. So, uh, but yeah, yeah I mean, you still preference have, for some people. Joe, you're at least an eight and a half, man. I'm a solid six. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. All we're right. both tens at the Vegas pool. That's Oh, my that God. We, we were oh, studs. We got to keep the waitress is off us the cocktail wages wouldn't leave us alone joe um all right so we're talking about dynasty by lows players that we think will increase in value and we've talked about some star players like Cortland sutton we've talked about some last year's stars that were a little bit dud uh duds this year um elijah moore uh, i'm just gonna go uh there's a uh, calvin uh calvin austin the uh yeah, steelers, yeah receiver. steelers wide receiver ran the fastest time at the combine basically didn't get on the field was injured now uh the chase claypool's gone Yep. Right. Deontay Johnson is there. George Pickens, uh, you know, I think is a little overpriced in drafts right now. So there's going to be an opportunity for uh, a deep threat. And this is why they drafted him in the fourth round, Calvin Austin. Right. And he's you. you oh, no one's going to you know, offer a third round pick for Calvin Austin. People are going to get suspicious. What you need to do is when you're doing larger trade deals, say, all right, throw in oh, Calvin yeah. Austin in it and and we'll do this deal. So if you just target him. 
you're not going to get him because someone's going to look at you sideways unless you overpay. So we don't want to do that because his his trade value, if you want to have fair, is like a fourth round pick in rookie mm-hmm. drafts, which you know it's silly. So you have to figure out larger trades where or you. What I like to do, uh, one of my favorite strategies, Joe, is to ask people, say, hey, I need a wide receiver. Um, I need a wide receiver. Um, you know, of these like six or seven wide receivers, have can you rank them? Which how yes. what order? So I'm having you the Matthew Berry. That's the Matthew Berry special. Yes, there mm-hmm. you go. There you go. Have them rank their own wide receivers. You can see where they put Austin. And then you're like, hey, you know, I'd like this guy and that guy. So Austin's a guy I'm targeting. Obviously, there's no floor. We haven't even seen him play an NFL snap. But I like his upside. I like his speed. And I think there's going to be an opportunity for him to have, like, you know, a, a stat line that's like six, uh, five targets, three catches, 70 yards, maybe a touchdown. And perfect guy to have on the back of your roster. I usually like to keep the back end of my roster running back heavy, but he's a player that popped out for me. Uh, 19 touchdowns at Memphis the last couple of years. So it looks like he could be uh, Jahan Dotson very light. So it's funny because I, I think that's Taekwon Thornton for me. And we'll, we'll talk about Taekwon Thornton in a he's, second because he's my cover a, guy. For, I love I, Thornton. I'm glad you that's a really good transition for the two. Uh, how many receivers under 165 pounds do you know to be successful in the NFL? Alan, uh, I, 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 zero, not many. I, I, I don't know. Like a Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson might've been around that same thing, but Deshaun I think Jackson he was like is, 175, 180 Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like the peak punt returner, Deshaun Jackson. I feel like right. there was a, like they've got a bit of a weight as he got, which was good. Cause he needed to look at him up. In the field, but like yeah. peak, uh, punt returner, Deshaun Jackson, those first two or three years, maybe was sub 170, but I think he was five ten, And it also was like uncategorically faster than Kelvin Austin, um, there are some concerns and you could look this up because it, it was like readily talked about, but we kind of just ignore it from a dynasty perspective that all the 40 times, especially with the running backs and receivers were a little bit wonky relative to past years. So the whole point of doing the combine and why I was annoyed um, with the conversation Once, by oh, 175 to Sean Jackson. Okay, so great. So 13 pounds more than Kelvin Austin right now. But I, I think there was that conversation by, uh, Vince, uh, Vincent, uh, the, the, the former bill safety, that's now the NFL players, whatever, uh, complaining about the combine and how they shouldn't do anymore. The reason we do is we can compare the players across different generations. We have a standardized way in doing so. I think that's very valuable and I hope they continue to do that. Um, but the forties were a little bit messed up. So while Kelvin Austin probably is a sub four forty guy, when you're running at five, nine, 162 pounds, you can be faster than a Deshaun Jackson at 175 pounds and five ten. I, I am also a disciple of Mario Puig, which you could have already told, by the way, I'm uh, discussing the size part of it. I don't like Kenny Pickett. So, like, you can talk about the value in which that Kelvin Austin might be able to have. I don't think Kenny Pickett is a good enough quarterback to do it just because he can engineer some fourth quarter comebacks. Oh, by the way, created because he was so bad for the first three quarters. It doesn't make much of a deal to me on Kelvin Austin. I think if Deontay Johnson was traded and he said, guaranteed there's going to be some more slot work that goes to the outside, right? You can, you can play in the slot, but if Kelvin Austin at 5'9", 162 pounds is catching pass in the middle, uh, Kaiser whites of the world are going to kill him. He's just, he's going to be creamed. But if you're doing those fade corner routes, a little bit in the outside, the, the jet bubbles to the left, you're mitigating the, the hits. That's different. Um, but I feel like that's kind of the downside of Kenny Pickett. He can't really make those throws. Do you so think, I, I have, do you think I have reservations about Kelvin Austin. Do you think Pickett is, um, is below the threshold of like NFL starter. I mean, how, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so you well, don't like even... I, I think he's um, like, if you're ranking 
because we're going to do we'll, we'll put the quarterbacks higher especially younger ones because it's a valuable position but if you say here's 32 quarterbacks they all start in the nfl kenny pickett is near the bottom of that list i'm not sure he is the bottom but if you put everyone healthy yeah jameson william or jameson winston over andy dalton for example that kind of thing kenny pickett is near the bottom for me uh and i and i i was not convinced last year uh, coming out of college, I wasn't convinced in his play, and I feel like we had some fourth quarter comebacks that you can credit the defense of Mike Tomlin, who's still one of the best coaches of all time, that give credence to Kenny Pickett being successful as opposed to the player himself. I, I like Kenny Pickett better than you for fantasy football. I think that he's at least insulated for the next two seasons because Pittsburgh's too good to get a quarterback, and yeah. there's not many great appealing options. Uh, so he would really have to tank for him not to be the starter for the next two years. And I think that he could be Ryan Tannehill, uh, Ryan Tannehill-esque as for for his receivers, for fantasy football. So I guess I'm a little bit higher on him. And uh, and again, Calvin Austin, there, I as I stated. No floor, but I do like guys like this that are super fast. And let's transition because um, Tyquan Thornton, New England Patriots, uh, did flash someone we both like very much. Yeah. I had him on my list, but go ahead. What, why do you think Tyquan Thornton's a buy low? I did buy low on Tyquan Thornton. I'll tell you a, a deal I made before Daniel Jones blew up in um, you know whatever that last run was. Yeah, I, in a super flex draft, I traded away Najee Harris while he still had some value. Good. Got yeah. Daniel Jones and Thornton back okay so i guess i kind of thought thornton would be in the same range of kelvin austin pretty much free and that that seems like it's not the case right he's there, a little bit higher but it's a little not bit here i'm gonna look as you're talking i'll okay. give you his rank so yeah. i i think um i try not to get swept up in the beat reporters and everything else like that especially when we're all thirsting for information in late july and early august but if you recall back to that point taekwon thornton was like the highest riser, even more than Romeo Dobbs, who I thought couldn't get even higher of a rising uh, situation with the Packers. But Tyquan Thornton was doing these incredible things. And while the Patriots offense continually looked bad in practice and the beat reporters were saying this is going to be as ugly as it was for that first six weeks of the season for the Patriots, Tyquan Thornton was the one lone factor. Then he broke his foot, uh, was out for a minimum of four games. I think he ended up missing a little bit longer going off memory. But he comes back and he just produces kind of in the same way as Rashid Shahid. Maybe we'll talk a little bit later, too, for the Saints, but just kind of produced when he was out there in limited capacity. I strongly believe the Patriots are going to do something at receiver uh, to allow Taquan Thornton to be playing more. So Jacoby Myers is a free agent this season. You look at the free agent class, Alan Lazard, uh, Super Bowl winner, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chark are, are kind of your top options. It's a lower free agent receiver class. It wouldn't surprise oh, me at all if a team pays for Jacoby Myers. He will not come back to the Patriots. Let's go with that. Kendrick Bourne got that big contract extension, or I'm sorry, signing uh, two years ago, has been okay in that production. I think could take over Jacoby Myers' role, but that's still not the guy that was in front of Tyquan Thornton. You have Devontae Parker. Who knows if he comes back, maybe a cap casualty. Didn't produce all that well. There's a way that the Patriots could really reconfigure this receiving core. And if that's the case, even even one of those moves happened, much less two or three. Did I, did I spell his name right, Joe? Is it Tyquan, A-N or O-N? T-Y-Q-U-A-N. Okay. Uh, Thornton. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. those watching on the video, just so you know, I'm a horrible speller. So that's why I asked Joe. <laughs> you and my like, mom, it's the same way. She couldn't spell yeah. ball. It's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, I'm with you on Thornton, man. He flashed. He, he looked good. He looks like he could be, you know, he was a second round pick. You know, I mean, second round pick wide receivers don't have the same insulation that a first round wide receiver did, but he looked. And Patriots have a, a long history of bad picks. I mean, yeah. everything from the yeah. first round to kill Harry, second round, Aaron Dobson. So I say that. Maybe they're due, right? Thornton right. was considered yeah. overdrafted 
yes. in, in his draft position. Uh, but you know, I, I like him too. And, you know, we're going to probably have to do part two of this at some point because we're, um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Give me your lightning round, no explanation of, you know, three or four more guys that you, uh, they're by low. And then, uh, we'll just summarize. I'll give you a couple on and then we'll finish up. So give me yeah, a lightning round of guys. I mentioned Rashid Shahid as well too, rookie for the receiver for the saints. You got him for nothing when you were playing dynasty startups, redraft, whatever else he was available for nothing. Wave wire. Free agent. Right. And, and, and has now produced. So, there might be like if you're taking advantage of me, the guy that's trying to do this asset management thing, I got him for nothing. Yes, I'll give him up for a third round pick or something like that. I, I think the Saints will improve at quarterback if for no other reason than Jameis Winston starts at quarterback over Andy Dalton. And yes, I do still think that's an improvement, but there's also the Derek Carr factor. Rashid Shahid can play 100% for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for that. Um, I, I like DJ Chark as well, too with the idea that he does not stay with the lines. I really believe he's going to be a sought after target, not in the same way that Christian Kirk was, but kind of like there's going to be value from multiple what teams. team, what team I, do you think is maximizes his value? One or two teams that maximize sharks value. I actually knew the bears uh, in the way that they thought Claypool could. I think DJ Chark, if he's going to be healthy and able to play can maximize that value with a guy like Justin Fields. who you have to worry about scrambling. Uh, obviously they have the most cap space. That's one. If he went to the Texans as well, too, like let's just say John Mechie still isn't back yet from uh, his unfortunate cancer situation. Brandon Cooks wants to go a different team. You could easily uh, plop in Chark, give him a bigger deal over two years, get a compensatory pick when you're actually competitive. I like that a lot, too. I got and one Brandon for Cooks, you there. One second, Cooks before, you the say, other one. before you say Cooks, because I like that, too, is uh, Shark, uh, if Juju ends up not resigning with the Chiefs, how about Oh, Shark yes. To, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be I, a I mean, like, you want a slot receiver, but I think Sky Moore can kind of do that pretty well. I'm actually a little bit higher on Sky Moore, um, not as high as like John and, and Mario were uh, certainly, but I think Sky Moore can be better than Kadarius Tony, and I think that's a blasphemous statement for a lot of people to hear. But I, I'm I'm right there with it. So the other one was Brandon Cooks. I really think he does get moved from the Texans this offseason. It's been rumored for the past two years now. Uh, he was really unhappy this trade deadline that he didn't get traded. I, I think Brandon Cooks goes to somewhere and will be. Again, a thousand-yard receiver like he's been for the Rams, Patriots, Saints, what he does. Texans. He's he's going to be effective, and you could get him probably even less than Cortland Sutton. I think he's a perfect wide receiver three for any sort of team. Yeah, in in dynasty leagues where you have three wide receivers and you just need to solve that position because everyone's fighting over the the youthful guys. I think Joe gave you a list of guys that are easily attainable, not easily, but you can strategically attain them, and they can give you that production you're looking for. Uh, the other guys I had on my list is I'm you know I still think that elite players stay elite at the quarterback position, and Deshaun Watson, love him, hate him, whatever. I think Donovan Peoples Jones is going to be a very viable top 36 wide receiver. Uh, you, you could you could probably still get him. Uh, and then obviously that also uh, David Bell, the rookie who didn't do much if right. was, for, for the same exact reasons. Other guys, lightning round. Pittman, I think right now before they get a quarterback that anyone likes is still, you can get him. He was you know thought of as a top 10 dynasty wide receiver just a year ago. And then uh, the last player is, if you still believe in Gabe Davis, it's time to buy him, right? I mean, yeah. is, mm-hmm. is, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little more uh, bearish than I was, but I think that's reflective of the market. All right, everybody. As always, the Rotowire <laughs> Dynasty podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. All the links are in the video description below if you want to play Underdog. Follow Joe on Twitter at JB Fantasy Sports. And Joe also has a new podcast of his own. He's going to be doing in the Rotowire podcast feed where you find this, uh, this podcast. He's going to be doing 
offseason more best ball and redraft focused along with Jim Coventry. So that's a new podcast uh, starting in February of 2023. So I'll be appointment listening to that. So should you. Joe, anything else you're working on that you want everyone to know about? No, I think the, the podcast is going to be pretty big. Uh, you know, I get to do uh, a lot of these shows with you. Not a lot. I wish we did more. But I know, you're I the FSDA superhero ranking all the awards right now. Jim Coventry is about the same as well, too. So I have to, like, live up to the pedigree of both of you uh, <laughs> to do this on, with uh, Jim on Wednesday. is going to be great. And I kind of been structuring it in my mind is we're going in the tape with this. I think you do a lot of really good coverage of Dynasty stuff. And John and Mario really cover a lot of the angles on Thursday. So there's more we can dive from the, the film perspective. And Jim has, you know, pages and pages of notes, except for the Super Bowl, right? The 13-page uh, dossier. 20-page manifesto. Was, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's it for literally every team, every game. Uh, yeah. I think there's some value in that. And for me, like, the part that I love most is the offseason, but, like, the contract stuff and figuring that yes. out. And I think combining the two is an area that uh, we can only benefit more as Roto So that's really going to be the structure, at least for the offseason shows and tackling each division and what that means with the draft as well, too. I think it's going to be really wrapped up nicely. I'm nervous excited. Normally, anything that I do nervous excited turns out really well, uh, and I don't boast about myself too often. So Wednesday podcast, looking forward to doing that, um, and it'll be good you know, just as we lead into the draft to get more football. If you have, have any questions about any of the players that we talked about today, you can DM Joe at JB Fantasy Sports or at Alan Sislowski. We're happy to do any follow-up or any answers. If you like videos like this, consider hitting the like button or subscribe to the channel. We put up a new Dynasty podcast, new video every week. Get into some Dynasty leagues and have a good offseason. We'll be back next week. Sun came up on the Esplanade. I knew I had to get to the whiskey bar. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.